the answer finally the moment arrived we can do the follow-up on our podcast yet unreleased but we hit on a topic that we just had to hash out in more detail um the topic will be change management it's a big big topic but you have a specific playbook to share with our audience and that's exactly what we're gonna explore and discover today so first of all welcome on this special edition of the show well i appreciate you having me back uh, and um, it, it's a it's a really interesting and meaty topic that's just really close to my heart on things that I've seen in the past and actually how I, how I think about analytics, data, data science overall. And I think the change management piece is just so critical for anyone to be successful. Yeah, and probably could build a whole you know a company around just change management in in data analytics. So uh, let's try to find. A grip. First of all, like the, the the issue of change management. I always like to sell the playbook before we we uh, figure out the details. But why is this such an important topic for data and analytics leaders today, from your perspective? Um, I think it starts with: Are you getting the most out of your data and analytics organization? All right. Simply put, are you maximizing the value for your people? Um. Most places I've been, the answer has been not completely, right? And if you're not completely maximizing the value that you're getting from from, from the individuals, um, you have to make some type of changes, right? And even if you are getting a ton of value from from your people, you you need to continuously iterate. You need to continuously build. You need to continuously improve. And for me, everything's maturity. Right. You can always mature different aspects of your business. And for us, it's about making sure that you're maturing analytics, that you're maturing how you function, how you function within an organization. And a lot of that is how do you position analytics? How do you position data science? How do you position your data team? Right. And then how do people use them? And again, all of this is, has to do with change. All of this has to do with change management. And now I've seen it done well. I've seen it done not so well. And so um, I'm going to share just my perspective on it. And A, again, like I said, it's near to my heart. Uh, I've, I've lived it many iterations, many times over. And I think there's there's uh, kind of a, a, a table stakes playbook that, you can, that anyone can use to, to make sure that it's successful. Very exciting. So before we dive into that, just to play devil's advocate, I mean, you, you know where I'm coming from, but I, but I have to represent that position as well. So what do you say uh, if someone just tells you, look, I know the change management, uh, it's being thrown around a lot, you know, data-driven culture, you can hear it in conferences, McKinsey releases their annual ebook on organizational change and analytics, but you know what? It's all about building powerful solutions. Now we have tech advancing beyond anything what we could imagine. I have amazing data scientists and architects on board. Build it and they will come. So you know what? The change management may be like a, a side note. Yeah, I'd say it's human instinct um, and and typical within most organizations where people do the right thing, right? They think they're doing the right thing. So when you're giving them something new, right, they might say, no, 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 this works. Why would I do something different? This works. Let's just use a very simple uh, uh, out-of-the-box example, um, I'm sure there was somebody who went to the executives that said, and I'll tell the company name in a minute, we really need to get into online video, guys. We really do. If we stay with our current model, it's not it, 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 it's not going where the trends in the market are going. It's not going where consumers are going. And people at Blockbuster said, no, no, no. We're good. We're going to have brick and mortars or people are going to walk in and grab videos every single week to watch on the weekends. Right? They didn't actually practice any change. The reality is compelling analysts or compelling analytics organization at Blockbuster would have showed them the data where the where, where uh, users were going, where technology was going, where the opportunity for the company would be. To go into that direction, they could they could they, they could have been a leader in online video. They could have been what typically what what we think Netflix is today. But yet, 
people are resistant to change. And I think that's my long way of just saying people are, they're resistant to change. And, and, uh, and why? No malice, right? Best intentions, where people will do what they think is right. And if it's outside of that realm of what they've been doing, it takes some convincing. 100%. So now I'm intrigued and uh, I want to explore that playbook. One final step before. So what did like this whole journey, your personal journey of learning change management, uh, learning it the hard way, you know, learning it on the, on the front lines, um, once you started to apply it, once you started to really integrate it into your craft, your change management practices and how this whole playbook emerged, what did that enable you to do as a data analytics leader? How did this make your life easier? And how do you think it will make the the lives of those who are listening easier if they start to adopt your playbook? Yeah. So listen, it, it's, it's, I'll say this, it's never easy, right? Like, in instilling some level of change in any organization or for any piece of work that you do just isn't easy. Um, by having a set playbook, having the set of what I would call like standards and kind of just best practices that you go through, right? There's these steps and these stages that you go through for, 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 to, to instill change and it takes some time. Um, for me, having a playbook allowed me to go faster, allowed me to enable the team to be better quicker. Right. So let's just talk about why this even started. You know, for me, I, I'm an analyst by trade. And uh, there was one year in my career where, I mean, I did a ton, what I would call great work, a ton of it. Um, where I was in my career, we had a, re a reward system, right? You get kudos and people can pat you on the back and it's a public thing. The number of, uh, the number of these kind of like, uh, um, uh, kudos and, uh, and acclamations that I got were, were vast, were more than most. So I was like, man, I'm doing such good work as everyone's saying, good job, thank you, good job, thank you, good job, thank you. At the end of the year, my man, my boss goes, what'd you accomplish this year? For me, it was easier, right? I had like a scroll, almost like old, uh, old ancient times, a scroll like roll down the floor. Look at all the things that I did this year. Look at all these things. And he goes, but you didn't tell me what you accomplished. I was like, wow, I actually didn't accomplish a thing. I did a lot of things. I helped other people accomplish things, but I didn't actually accomplish anything myself. Right. And, and now you could probably pick that apart and say, well, analytics, uh, they're an, uh, if you're an analyst or you're an analytics, you're an enabler and, and, and your job is how people accomplish. Of course it is. Of course it is. But you, you still have goals. You still have things you need to get done. And for me, that was the first step for me where I said, I have to change what I do. I have to fundamentally change my, my own operating model. And then once I started leading teams and leading organizations, then I noticed, wow, this is, this is the thing that has to permeate through, again, the organization. How do you change? How do you take, how do you take analytics for what people normally want, which is typically BI? Now, you do need BI. You need reporting. But in my experience, a lot of people are like, well, I have an analyst. And again, now they do a ton of reporting. You, you definitely need that. But how do you get more out of your analyst? How do you turn your analyst from being reactive? Give me this number to proactive. Give me the insight. Tell me why this number changes, right? And so for me, that's where the journey actually started for me. My own personal, my own personal path of how do I get more out of myself? Um, and and for me, you know, now that I, uh, now that I'm in more of a leadership role, you know, uh, I would say the first stage in the playbook would be um, assessment. Right, you're preparing for what are you going to change? Okay. You know, what is your current state? What gaps do you have? What's the vision and the goal that you have for the organization? And for me, it would be analysts in general. Like, what are you going to change and why? What's the value? What's the benefit? Um, and I could talk to you, you know, my own experiences with that. You know, I've I met uh, here at FanDuel when I came in. We we're doing a ton of BI work when I first joined. Um, and it was very valuable to the company and to the organization, but we weren't proactive. 
we weren't solving business challenges, we were answering data questions. We weren't being strategic, right? We're being tactical. And for me to get the most out of my team and what I think the most out of analytics um, and data in general is to be proactive, to, to answer those questions. And again, now it's about the maturity curve, right? Where, are, where do you start and where should you be? And what are those stages to go along the way, right? And so identify those gaps. Again, when I joined, I identified some of the gaps that we had. You know, again, are we rooting every piece of work into what our core business is trying to achieve? Or are we just answering questions? Um, I'll give an example. This is not a handle, but historically, um, you know, we would always, uh, my, a former team of mine would always get questions, you know, hey, can I get the cost per acquisition by channel from the beginning of the year to now with a year over year comparison? Now, uh, a BI team would just answer that question. An analytics team would say, why? Well, maybe the answer is so we can assess performance. An analytics team would say, do CPA changes determine performance? Well, and then, you know, the business said, well, yes, of course. Then you'd come back and say, well, if I was to increase your CPA by 20%, but increase the value of every user and the number of users I acquire by 100%, would you do it? Well, of course you would. You'd make more money. So why are we looking at CPA? Right? Uh, it's a real example of how, again, now you have to change the mindset, right? So, so the first thing for me is, again, you're, you're, you're assessing what are you trying to change. And for me, it's being reactive to being, being proactive, being someone who answers questions to being a trusted advisor. And I love trusted advisor framework and, and I love the term, right? Because people are coming to you with problems and not with just questions. Um, how do you get ingrained into the business instead of being on the fringe of the business? So you have to just kind of assess what you're doing. Um, for me, the next stage into kind of that evolution and that change management playbook would it be, do you actually have the data? Do you have the infrastructure? Do you have the right training in place? If you wanted to move from a BI team to this powerful analytics team, right? You're assessing your own infrastructure. You're assessing what you have. Uh, making sure, hey, you know, I mean, you can make a promise, hey, we're going to be proactive, but then what you don't want to do is come back and say, oh, whoops, we actually don't have the data to do that type of work, and we don't have the data, or we don't have the tools to actually do that type of work. So it's this internal assessment to say, what do you have? Um, for us here at FanDuel, uh, we didn't have a very, you know, a, a robust training program for, for uh, our analysts. So we went out and developed one. We, we, we worked with a partner and we said, we need a technical training program to get people more advanced in specific areas that we want them to get advanced in, right? Um, uh, uh, we've done training on data visualization. And I know, Laszlo, that's like near and dear to your heart, but storytelling, right? And, and, and coached our leaders and coached our directors and coached our managers of saying, hey, when we're working with our teams, let's make sure we're telling a story. What's the story? Um, and, and I think th th those are the areas where it's like you have to make sure foundationally you have what you need and then to get your team where you're going uh, on the data aspect and on the data piece of it, you know, making sure that we had the right sense of data available to our analysts to do the right analysis. So if you step back and say, well, we can pull just numbers, but yet if we wanted to find insights and, and find changes to the business, do we have A-B testing platform? Do we know how to A-B test? Do people know how to run a regression, right? To find a counterfactual, to then do some type of analysis, right? Do they have those tools that have the place, right? So you have to do an assessment of your own infrastructure. So I think that would be the second step in the, in the change management. So I also love this because, in fact, the first and the second steps are both assessments, but one is more like an external to make sure that you aim right. And the second is, okay, get your house in order and make sure that wherever you're aiming, 
like you enable it on your end first. Quick question. So I already found this like very actionable idea of, for example, assess gaps if you need like training programs, right? Like training programs before you start, before you actually march to the battlefield, make sure that your troops are well prepared. That's fantastic. With the external assessment, so when you orient yourself to make sure that you're changing the right things, what would be your actionable advice for someone who's kind of like a senior leader, they're already doing these things, they don't have a comprehensive approach, they want to now try your playbook. And some things in some areas, they will be more advanced than others. With the external assessment, um, what would be your actionable advice if they want to start? For example, um, what kind of conversations would you recommend them to have and with whom? Uh, is there anything that you, you can give them as a first step? Yeah, in, uh, it, it's a good question. And, and to dive deeper into there, um, I would I would work with your partners, your business partners, whatever your business partners are, internal, external business partners, and figure out how the team functions. And I think this is a really, really critical point because for me, here's what, here's what I did. I found out that my team functioned. We were reactive. The work was not based on planning. We were siloed in our approaches, right? We had analysts that were specific to very different pieces of the business. No one to really talk, no one to really share. Uh, we think uh, we, we were only thinking short term, not long term. Um, uh, uh, limited collaboration, manual processes such as reporting. We lacked training. So the, the, the step there would be understanding, meeting with your business partner, say, hey, what does my team do for you? What do they like literally like give me the technical things that they actually give to you. Then you go to the managers of the teams, you go to the leads of the teams and say, um, how are you measuring success of your employees, of our employees, right? And then you have to couple that with what should you be doing? Um, I would challenge any analytics leader to say, okay, should an analyst be pulling manual data and, and creating reports and sending them out? Or should an analyst be diving, den, diving deep into the underlying drivers of the business and figuring out well, why things change or what we can do about it? Right? Most of the time, it's going to be the latter. Right? And so I think that's the first step of, like, again, working with the partners, working with internal teams and being very self-aware of how your team is functioning, right? And I think that's where you can then have your North Star, Laszlo, and say, I, I want to achieve greater things. I want to be in a better spot. And, uh, um, and then that's where the change management's gonna, gonna kick off. Very interesting. You mentioned North Star, and I uh, even just before this conversation, we hit on that note. I know that we did it in the podcast too, this whole idea of entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship. So. I look at you guys as entrepreneurs, as uh, basically a company within a company. You have to abide by the same rules, uh, is the same kind of venture and adventure. Um, and in the startup world, there's a very powerful concept. I actually heard it first from Matt Lerner, shout out to him, who used to be the head of uh, performance marketing over at PayPal. I, I hope I uh, I quote his job title well, his, his old one, um, but he works with startups and uh, one of the main concepts uh, that was very illuminating to me, even though we've been using this, but not quite so, was the North Star metric. And the North Star metric is really something that the entire team focuses on. It is a customer value-based metric that all the incentives are structured around. And then, of course, every single contributor on the team working in different functions will contribute to getting like achieving success based on that particular metric in their own way, right? So this whole North Star metric I like because this whole assessment that you do, it's basically that. It's like find that North Star metric, that customer value-based indicator that now we can, we can orient ourselves. Let's see if we can do that with what we have on board. So those are the two sides of that assessment process, which I really like. Yeah, and 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 for the other leaders and people who are going to be be viewing this content, I would say it, it'll be different for different pieces of your team. There's not a single metric that will rule them all from an analytics perspective. Your marketing analytics team's goals will be to drive certain value in marketing, increase ROI, call it right, some level of return, right. A commercial analytics team is about 
driving more profitability. A fraud analytics team, on the other hand, right? Your North Star is to uh, reduce the amount of fraud dollars that are leaving the company. But yet each one does have their North Star, to your point. Yeah, exactly. So even if you just look at, for example, our company, Data Storyteller. So with our masterclasses, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it from all the way to content production. And then we have the the account management part of it, then the product delivery part of it. And okay, what's our North Star metric? Because everyone's working on very different things. Very, very different things, right? So for us, for example, what we found as our North Star metric was a very simple, how many net promoters do we get each year? So net promoter score MPS, everyone's familiar with that. It's basically customers fill out a customer satisfaction form and you have a one to 10 scale. The question very important is not like, how do you rate us? It's how likely are you recommend us to a friend or a colleague? And they can place it between one and 10. And zero to six is what we call a detractor. So even if someone says, hey, I'm a six, you know, it's a six, that, that person hates you, right? And that person actually hated the experience. How many, how many restaurants have you gone to that have a six out of 10 rating? <laughs> there you go. That, that's actually, it's kind of like when, when, when British people and I had spent seven years in the UK, I'm not a subject to, to his majesty as well. But, you know, if, if, if someone says in the UK that, oh, how, how was the, the food? And they say, oh, I was nice. That means it was a horrible experience, right? It was the most awful dish they ever had the misfortune of 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 uh, interacting with, right? So it's kind of like that. It's like zero to six is a detractor. Okay, now we have seven to eight, which is actually a passive. If someone says, "Hey, I'm a, that, that was that was nice," it's a seven. You know, that's a passive response. You know. That person is not bought any, they, 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 there was something missing, even an eight. And then you have the promoters who are nine to 10. Okay. So it's very interesting for, for us to get, for example, someone on a nine to 10, you need to talk to the right person. The experience needs to be meticulous from beginning to end. And the very first time that we actually started talking to this person, the very last when they finished the mask class and they assessed the value and how entertaining uh, was the whole Thing, what kind of connections they gain. So for us, the, the North Star, it's not like, okay, revenue or I don't know, social media clicks or whatever. No, it's the the sheer amount of net promoters we achieve in a particular year. And if you think about it, our content creation team, okay, how can we contribute to that? You know, by high level editing, uh, by, you know, pushing the envelope on production quality and all that. Even the account slash sales team, right? Well, their goal is to find the right person. And if it's the right person to help them come on board, right? If they do their job, then we have an opportunity to actually give that person an amazing experience. Product delivery team, right? Now at the, during the event, whether it's face-to-face or online, like how do we make sure that that person is taken care of and that they actually fill out a form, for example. So it's a wonderful thing because this is single, single North Star metric. Everyone will have their own personal metrics on it. And th- this is how you come together as a team. So I, I riffed on this a little bit too much, but I just wanted to give you Listen, a- but, but, but I think you're spot on, Laszlo, because I think you have to have some achievable goal. There's a, um, again, and I'll just speak of, in general, my experience, right? When I've taken over a team, it's, it's been very much where I'm saying, okay, what are you achieving? What's your business impact? <laughs> And now if anyone from my team now sees this, they'll, they'll probably giggle at it and say, he's so focused on business impact. But again, what is the business impact that you're doing? Right? Now you should ladder up their strategies that are put in place. Those strategies have these technical plans underneath them. And those plans are how we're going to win, how you're going to achieve, how you're going to be successful. And when I say win, it's just be successful in whatever business venture that you're in which is data storytellers. It could be, you know, again, if you were a blockbuster or if you're a vandal, right? You have some level of goals, right? And if your work isn't laddering up to the tactical things that are going to drive your strategies, then my question is, why are you doing any of them? And they should all be rooted in some level of impact. And uh, I mean, come on. Almost every marketing team I've ever worked with, they have very tangible KPIs. Right, increase acquisition volume at a certain cost threshold that will drive into some level of profit. It's a pretty simple equation. 
but it has to have some level of impact. So going back to the change management, right? It starts with what are you doing? Be honest, be honest with yourself. What should you be doing? Right. And I can only speak from a, from a data science, a, a, a data product and data analytics perspective. Are we doing those right things? If not, where are our gaps? Now you have to go back into, again, second stage, which is, do you have the right infrastructure? Do you have the right data? Do you have the right training in place in order for your people to be successful? You have a vision. You have a North Star. You know what they should be doing. You know how you're supposed to be measuring. But do they actually have what they need to be good at their jobs? Right? Second second stage, right? If, if you line those things up and say, I know the gaps. I know the infrastructure. I have everything that I need. Um, my next probably step in this kind of change management uh, uh, process would be uh, internal team engagement, your own team. Are they bought in here? I've done it in every iteration of my career. Uh, I do. I, I normally do a monthly or bi-monthly all hands with my team, right? Everyone who's in my organization, we come together, we talk about different topics and it's in one of those all hands that you say, okay. And for me, it's normally been, Hey, I'm pretty new here. I've been here for a few months. I've done some level of assessment. And hey, here's what I found. Here's what we do. Here's what I think we should do. Here's how we're going to enable it. Right? Are we bought in? Do you believe in this? Right? You paint that picture of an analyst being reactive versus an analyst being proactive. Right? Someone who just answers daily data questions versus a strategic advisor who you can ask a really challenging business problem to and they'll come back with a very concrete insight that'll help change the trajectory of the business. I've seen it time and time again. And for me, it's, okay, you got to get that team bought in. Okay, now what you're actually building is data culture in your organization. You're getting people excited about Wow, I can do strategic work. I can't come on. How many people have you talked to who says, I don't want to be a strategist. I want to be a tactician. Right? Most of, I mean, it does come in ebbs and flows. I'm not saying being a tactician is wrong, but most people want to work on challenging problems. Most people don't want a list of, here are the data points I need. Can you just go get them? Most people want to say, hey, here's a problem I have. Can you help me solve it? Right? It's that puzzle piece. It's that unpacking that puzzle piece. So what? So again, you're getting your internal team engaged, right? You get them buy into the vision. You get them excited about it. You make sure that you're enabling them to do everything that they need to do. Then you make sure that for me, I always run a small pilot. Every time for me, it's been like one analyst with one partner on a piece of business that we can measure the impact, but it isn't going to rock any boats. And, and it's always been very successful. Okay, let's get a high performer, someone who's really bought in. And now, after kind of this like, hey, we're going to get the whole team on board, we're building this culture. Now you have this one person as you're enabling them with training. Hey, you need to assess training. Cool, let's roll out a training program. Hey, everyone, here's our new training program. As people start getting up to speed, you're running the pilot at the same time in the background, right? Will this actually work? Will the culture of the company adopt a data culture with it? And, and then you start working with that person, enabling the person to say no, meeting, right? And then it'll go into like that next stage. Like you need to meet with the stakeholders, Need to meet with the stakeholder. Go ahead. No, no, love it. And that the meeting with the stakeholders is that is that the next stage now? So that yeah, would be yeah, fourth I, stage. I, well, I would say after you get your team bought in, after you get the, uh, 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 you get their vision, I would then say you need some skill development. Right, you're going to bridge gaps in there. So if I had to, if I had to walk it back, I'd say get your teams engaged, get your teams excited, have them buy it, bought into the vision. They need to they need to do a skill development. What are the gaps? Do they know how to get to all the data that they need to get to? Is the data available? Do they know how to do this the analysis that you want them to do? Do your data scientists know how to build advanced models? 
Does your data product team understand all the technology that goes into driving what I would call an enterprise data system? Right? If not, let's get the training program out there. Let's do let, let's get those skills built up. And it, it doesn't have to be a specific training program or a specific training platform. What you're going to get into is um, it, it, even organic learning. Oh, one person saying, I know how to do that. Cool. Can you set up a session so you can teach everybody? Like, so again, you're, you're doing another gap analysis. What do they need? What, what do they need to be trained on? And then you're going to run a pilot. Once you have some, because there's always going to be that one person who kind of gets it. That one person who has the skill set for it, right? They're a little bit more up and to the right where it's like, I have the skill. That person has the skills. They're on a piece of business that can have some impact, but it's not going to rock any boats. Then you're going to get into, after the skill development piece, then you're going to get into meeting with your stakeholders. Understanding, uh, uh, um, well, you're about to ask a question. Go ahead, Lazo. Yeah, no, just clarifying like the steps. So basically we had two sides of assessment assessment to make sure that we're aiming the right way that we that, that we know what we want to achieve and then we had basically assessment internally as you said so that was basically about making sure that we have the right infrastructure you even there you mentioned team skills that but i guess that is that correct that in that first round of assessment that that was almost like the soft skill assessment yeah i think it's you do an assessment of infrastructure and skills. Then when you start getting your people bought in, then you start actually activating on advancing their skills. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Right. So, so, so stepwise, is, it's that, okay, now we know that they need trainings. Let's deploy a training program. But you, you had to have already done that assessment, right? Okay, got it. So that's... Okay. Okay. No. No. That make that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like it's still like housekeeping here, right? Yeah. Which is assessment of skills, get the buy-in, roll out the necessary training. Yeah. You get the buy-in. You get your team bought in, and then they say, "Hey, let's advance some of these skills. Let's develop these skills." Because here, here's the reality: even if you can't get the change management down right with your partners, they still need these skills. These are skills that your people will want and that they need for their careers. Better technical skills, storytelling skills, right? Um, and uh, uh, modeling skills, data modeling skills. Again, we're talking about analytics. And I think it, it doesn't hurt to have these. Every company needs to have these in place, but I think you do have to do an assessment. Once they get bought in, you launch your you launch your skills development program, your learning and development program, and then now you're going to be running a pilot. And then part of that pilot, again, is going to go to our next step, which is engaging with our actual stakeholder, right? The stakeholders in which you're going to be running the small pilot on. Be like, hey, uh, you're going to be working with this individual. We actually want to try something a little bit different. Right. And here I'll go a little bit more tactical now where I always ask our partners, could you share your goals with me? Could you share your plans with me? Your annual plan, your quarterly plan, your half plan. Doesn't matter to me. Give me your plan. What are you executing against? Do you mind if we bring back to you how we're going to help you advance your plan? Do you mind if I, instead of asking me what you, instead of telling me what you want, can I tell you what I'm going to give you? Right. Um, so many times in my career, I think the biggest gap has been what people ask for isn't necessarily what they need. Um, I'll just use a simple example. I used to have a business partner of mine who continuously asked me for correlations. Hey, could you do a correlation amongst these two things? So, hold on. Well, why do you need a correlation? Like it was, a, it was a thing that this person always wanted—a correlation, correlation, correlation. And the, it, the person didn't actually want a correlation. Like, if you dug in, the person wanted to understand how does one thing impact the other. Right? They want to do a, a, a you know, they want a causal analysis. Right. They don't actually want a correlation. And it wasn't until understanding what they are trying to achieve that you can actually bring to them a solution. 
So again, this is the difference for me where it's don't, it's not what they're asking you to do, but what do they need? So I've seen that uh, many times. So then you, you work with, the, with that partner, you get their business plan, and then you work hard and say, what are we going to do with each one of their pillars? Where can we add value? What can we do differently? Right? How can we move from reactive to proactive? Right? And then you start running this pilot. Shouldn't, shouldn't be long, a couple months. You have a strong person, you're doing insights, you're doing analysis, you're still grooming your team through the training, you're still grooming the rest of your team to go in that direction if this thing works. I have never, in my experience, none of my teams have failed at it. Every time it's worked, right? But then you can say, okay, we know that this works. Now we're going to say, we're going to do this more broadly. Now you're still at this next stage of change management, which is, oh, talking about stakeholder, stakeholder engagement, stakeholder management. You have to get all of your stakeholders. For me, it's going to the most senior, senior levels of saying, hey, guys, you've had this analytics and data science team. Um, here's how we've been operating with you. Here's what we're going to be doing a little bit differently. And let me show you the impact that we're going to have for you. Here's what we're going to do different, and here's why. Then I'm going to show you the benefits of us doing this, right? Now you can sell it. Yes, I lead data. I lead analytics. I still have to sell. I have to sell the vision. I have to sell my strategies. I have to sell why, why, are, why is my vision going to be beneficial to the company? It's going to be beneficial not only not to the company, to each, to each one of my partners, right? And then you got to be open. Now you have to be open to feedback because you will find gaps in your plan and what they need. Because your teams have been adding value. Analysts have been adding value. And if you fall those, if you don't fill those gaps in, right, it doesn't matter how much uh, the, the level of insights that you do, pieces of the business will fall apart. They'll crumble. It'll be like crumbling from a wall, right? Because they still need data at certain points. They still need people to answer a day-to-day -day question. Hey, why did this CPA go up? It's not a bad question. There's just more value in understanding the why underneath the why. But they still need to see the data point that the CPA went up for down, right? I'm going back to my previous example. So you still have to make sure that you're filling those gaps in, right? So listening to your partners, well... And say, okay, if we, here's our plan and what we want to do. Now you're going to, you will, you will be hit with what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And what about that? That's okay. Cause that'll allow you to have a more thorough plan. Right. Again, still moving people up that maturity arc. We were here very reactive. We would love to be supercharging the business more proactive, but it takes some stages. It takes some steps. Well, I still need my data every single day. Well, how do you get it? Well, they pull it for me. Okay, cool. What if we give you a dashboard? Right? Still going to be some costs, but I think you get where I'm going. You find ways to get them what they need and still continue to grow up that maturity arc for your, for your organization. So many interesting and important things that you said there. And sort of just dive in, but I have to yeah, let's do it. took like a page worth of notes. So uh, first of all, I love that you said uh, that, the, look, I got to sell it. I got to sell it. Um, this is something that I know a lot of these leaders uh, in the same situation are thinking. It's almost like scary to admit that, look, I, I, I have to sell it and I have to sell it the right way. Then you immediately followed up by, look, I have to make sure that whatever we'll we are building is actually beneficial for the company. But then you rush to say that, that, that even that's not enough. It has to be beneficial for my partners personally. So we always talk about the three levels of storytelling, technical, where you only address the data, what you're going to build, the tech involved. No one really cares, right? Better if you now can connect this into the bottom line, business KPIs, revenue, churn, whatever your business context allows and calls for. That's better. But then the holy grail is when you can really translate that into the personal motivations. Like that level is when people lean in. That's when you can have, because a trusted advisor, not going to be a trusted advisor for the business. The business is, is like an entity, right? Your partners are the living, breathing human beings who are making 
the decisions. So you need to be a trusted advisor to them, not to the business, to your business partners. And these are homo sapiens sapiens. These are these are human beings. And they have their own frustrations, pains, goals, desires. You got to speak into that. That's when they will start to trust you. And then you said that, look, if you are presenting that way, if you know you're not just saying that, hey guys, we're gonna put together this, you know, this this dashboard, and we're gonna use data regression, whatever, you know, that's something that they don't understand. That's when you get the nods. It's like, oh wow, great, fantastic. You know, send us something, and we'll definitely, you know, follow up on that. This is when you lose people. And you hundred percent simplicity again. Lance, I'll add to what you're saying because for it's always been in, in, in the ways that I coach is. Like people want to share how hard it was. People want to share how complicated it was, or man, I did a lot of work on this. I'd say most people understand, right? Most people know that it's challenging and tough. I mean, that's why different people have different types of roles and different types of jobs. I don't like. I don't need a data scientist to walk to tell me about how many iterations of the Bayesian model that they had to run to get this output. I'm going to trust that they do advanced work, right? Because the thing that matters is the output. The things that matters is the impact of the business. And when I say that thing that matters, again, I'm talking about stakeholders, right? For the stakeholders is what are you giving to me, right? Because again, to your point, they're human beings. I'm going to go all the way back to your first uh, um, question is, don't people normally think you build a good product, and people will just use it. You build something good and people will just use it. Well, no, because sometimes when you're building, and I'm going to talk analytics specific, when you're building in analytics, you're changing how they operate. You're changing what they do, right? I'm going to go back to my CPA example. I change, we fundamentally changed how our partners actually evaluated media. Right? That was hard. It was challenging because I told somebody there's a better way. Right? I mean, can you imagine someone walking into your office today and saying, I have a better way for you to do your job? But also, that's actually interesting. If someone comes in and they have the necessary, even just situational authority, what you said about, look, people want to show their work. People want to communicate that there's a lot that went into it. I agree, if you just leave it out, you're better off. But there's also kind of like an in-between, which we call a flash roll. Actually, some of the most successful people, what they do is literally, look, we're going to talk about how to help you, how to get rid of the spin, how to attain that desire. Look, the work that went into it, literally cover your ears, and you can squeeze it into like a 12-second, most technical language, right, that intentionally they won't understand, just to demonstrate your authority, and that they have confidence that, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. Now we can actually get down to business, right? So I, I, I will say there's always a spot either in your presentation or maybe in the appendix for the uh, I'm the really, I'm really smart slide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. You can, you got, uh, um, one that I've seen is, uh, you know, it's like, hey, we did this. We ran this model and the model. We actually ran over 100,000 permutations of the model. And this is the best outcome. Right. Th that's all knows, you need right you, you could have like a monte carlo simulation up and all of a sudden it'll show you all the permutations and someone will go holy, yeah, yeah, yeah. holy cow i didn't know you could do that you ran that many models or you ran that many iterations of the model just to get a, a, a my output wow right and so i will say there, 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 there there's a little bit of um there's room for that. There is definitely room for that. But what I want to focus in on is what really matters because there's so many teams that I've seen in my career that their focus is the process. Now, as a leader, you need to focus on the process to enhance the process for people. But, but if the outcome's not there, if you're not definitive and you're not having the impact that you can have, that's why I'm saying the outcome matters, right? How you're delivering your outcome, how you're delivering your message. If you were to change X to Y, right, you'll get Z more, right? Simple equation. And you can say, well, if you change X to Y, you might do this and you might do. <laughs> you're not being definitive. You're not focusing in on that outcome.
right? And so I think that's just part of the change management. You have to show people what it means to them. You have to show people, hey, if we are going to do this, we're going to be, and we're going to be a little bit different than we were in the past. And we're going to mature up this arc. And I'm going to show you what this maturity looks like. Um, I want you to understand the value of it. But and then, like I said, you got to have that growth mindset. You have to be able to hear the feedback. Well, what about these things your team does for me that no one's going to do? Well, we can't have that. This is, again, where the maturity comes in. I have to figure out solutions for each one of these things. So I can't just, it's not just ripping a band-aid off where my analyst is now saying, oh, you were reactive, you're not proactive. It's a slow, it's, it's a gradual change over time where I'm creating automations, I'm creating ways for people to get what they need for their day-to-day. And as I'm creating those things, my team is going more from, again, it's the inverse relationship. Now my team has more time. And if, when they have that more time, now they can start looking into more deeper things to look at for the business. Focus on the business pillars. Focus on the business strategy. Focus on delivering the actual insights. And I think that change management there is critical, right? Um, I, I would say from a leader perspective, you have to, you have to, you have to continuously get feedback as this happens you need to not only show your impact not only focus on the business but give feedback on the team have meetings for all uh, with all your stakeholders right send out forms make them anonymous give feedback also from your team does this work for you how how have you increased or have we increased how much you like your job Hey, we increase how much you like what you do, right? What does that engagement look like, right? For your internal team and your external team. So you're continue. And again, this is where I'll go back to maturity arc, right? And and I don't have one specific to show you, but you develop you develop one depending on where you are, or where you want to go, and that feedback is really helpful. Right, because what? He, because at the end of the day, here's what you want to do: you want to take a group of analysts, data scientists, and data people. You want to put them in a position to be more successful. In that transition, you want them to really enjoy their jobs. You want them to enjoy what they do for work. You want them to be advocates for the company, advocates for your organization. I take a big piece of pride when somebody on my team leaves their role for a different role on my team. Right? Because they like the organization. They like what we do. They like how we do, right? Uh, then get feedback from your business partners. Hey, this was a hard change. You guys did a whole bunch of things for us every single day. You stopped doing so many of those things, but you did these other things for us, right? And I, and I don't mean to talk abstract, but I'm just trying to get a, a point across Um where now you're doing these more proactive, more business impactful things for the business, analysis, insights, data delivery, whatever that might be for your organization. And so then you, hearing them of saying, I'm so glad we've made this change. I'm very happy you're now focused to be proactive on the insights, right? Um, and then, continue, and then that will get you to that maturity point because it'll never be perfect. It will be, hey, we're not getting as many insights over on this piece of the business. You know, I mean, we have a fraud and payments team. So, and I'm just going to use this for example. Maybe they say, hey, that's this is great. It works on fraud, but we're actually not focusing that much on payments. We actually need it now on payments, right? So again, this is the maturity arc. This is where you need to just get better. Um, but o- overarchingly, I think I think that's probably the last step, which is. And again, I'll say it's very cliche, the feedback loop, but as a leader, you have to have it. You have to have it because you have a strategy. You've implemented change. You've changed what you're doing. You changed the culture of your team. You've changed the culture of the organization to say, use analysts in a completely different way. Right. And then once this start doing it, you have to always learn. Am I done building? Not, Not even close. Am I done at advancing my team? Not even close. Are we different than we were two years ago? Absolutely. Are we going to be much more, are we going to be different 
in two years than we are today, if I'm doing my job right, we'll be very different because we'll mature more. We'll mature more and we'll get better and we'll deliver even more impact to the business. So, I mean, as you think about the playbook, Laszlo, um, I'll kind of reassess and just kind of go through those stages, right? You need to prepare for the change. What do you want to do differently? Where are you today? Where do you want to go? Okay. Uh, do you have the right infrastructure tools training for your team in order to get them for in order for them to be what you want them to be? Right. Uh, is your team bought in? Right. You have to make sure that they are bought into the vision, that they're excited about it. Right. Now you know where they need to develop. If you have the training and, and the development areas in place, you need to help your team develop before you deploy them into any new situation that you're in. You run a small pilot, make sure it works. Again, very producty, but it's true. You can do it in analytics. I've done it several times in several different uh, companies. You run a small pilot, make sure that it works. Once that pilot works, now you're ready to go to all your stakeholders and get them bought in, right? Get them excited about the change. Get them excited about all the more impact you're going to bring to them, right? Then you start listening to them. What are the gaps? What are the other areas? Then you start delivering. And then once you start delivering, you continuously give feedback. I meet with my business partners every two weeks. Right. And now you're on the, and, and, now, and now it's cyclical. Now you're growing. Now you're growing. Now it's saying, Hey, this works. This doesn't work. This works. This doesn't work. Great. And you modify and you change and you go up a maturity arc. And then, I mean, uh, um, I've never, I've never been in a business that you can say, you know what, we're done getting better. This is about as good as we're going to get. Right. Everyone's going to be getting better. But that, that to me has been the, the playbook and change management that for me has worked. Um, uh, several times in my career, but it's, uh, but I've learned it because I've, I've lived it. I've learned it because I've gone through it. I've learned it because for me, it's been, uh, um, uh, I'll just say, uh, it's been, a, it's been challenging roads at times. Right. And, and like, I like, I always like to go back, you know, when you're, when you're, when your boss asks you, what did you accomplish? And you actually can't articulate what you actually accomplished that quick. But then you realize you really didn't accomplish a thing. You just did a lot of things, but you didn't do any, you didn't accomplish a thing, right? That hits home. And then you go, okay, I have to, I have to change functionally what I do, right? I got to focus more on the business. I have to focus more on the partners. And, and I think that this is, this is a way that I've, I've done it. I've seen it done. I continue to operate uh, as a leader and it's, and it's worked for me. 100%. And I love it. So because actually now with the data storytellers, we have this framework called Epic. It's like a copyrighted uh, Epic, meaning that um, there are a few stages to like, whenever you want to learn something. And uh, whenever, whenever you want to implement something, the first level is essential. You know, there's the foundational principles. I love that a foundational principle in what you're saying, it's very entrepreneurial, which is actually nothing is ever stagnant. Never. Things are changing. You know, the question is which direction is going to change. Are you in a downward spiral? Are things disintegrating? Or are you moving ahead? Are you moving up? Yep. And especially, as you said, uh, with that movement, like the gold standard and the place where you want to be is when you have momentum, momentum. This is everything that you said, everything that you described is geared towards developing that upward momentum. And it never stops because guess what? When you think it stops, when it stagnates, you, you can know that that's when things start to fall apart, right? So I love this kind of foundational principle, E, essential, foundational. Then the 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 C, so, no, it's SP, so epic. So EP, planning, that's the strategic ideas. So many strategic uh, uh, nuggets there about, okay, how do, you, how do you plan the right way? How do you look at the big picture? What are those things that you need to have in place? Almost like a strategic checklist, right? So your playbook is just full of that. Then the I is about the implementation. Those are like more like the tactical level. Yep. Okay. And I just heard a bunch of these uh, tactical moves here about very specifics about what you what you need to do. And then the after I, so EPI, the C 
in Epic, because guess what? It's a cycle. Totally it's a cycle. cycle yep. Right? So it's just once you think you finished, you haven't. Now you're just in a way better position to take it even further. Take it to the next level as well. So I loved it. I want to be respectful of your time because I know that we're on the, in the West Coast, you're in the East Coast. So it's a little late there. Do you have like literally five more minutes for a, f- a few follow-up questions? I do. So, so I also love the entrepreneurial threat here is that you basically look at all your stakeholders, internal or external, as your customers, right? Absolutely. Like, like you want to give them value. And it's the same kind of process of making sure that uh, you provide value in the right areas, that you keep them engaged and bought in, that you keep selling and reselling them the vision and the right vision, and you have what it takes to actually deliver and over-deliver on those on those promises. So one thing that I can't believe I actually haven't heard, we had like literally almost 200 podcasts. We have like, I don't know, like 50 playbooks, data stories. What you said about, look, data culture, when you want to build it, but when you start this internal alignment with the team, that's where you start building a data culture. I don't think I've ever heard that. And it's so true that when you want to build a data culture, everyone's like, oh, how do I build a data culture? Like, how, how do I do this and that? Well, guess what? When you get your team on board, when you make sure that they are bought into the vision, that you're watching the, the, the same movie, they have what they need in order to deliver amazing outcomes with data, you start building the culture in the company. So it's almost like you, you start there and it spills over. So quick question. When you talked about selling the vision to your external stakeholders, and you said, wow, when you do that, when you start speaking in that octave of how will the business benefit, uh, how will that help you, business partners specifically? That's when you start to get objections and questions. A lot of people are afraid of that, are afraid of that. Yeah, exactly, because when they nod, that feels safe. We're all in agreement. And there's no friction, right? That's when things won't move. But when they actually start to give you objections and questions, those are what we call buying signals too. You know, that's when they actually involved. So I'm just looking for like one more insight here about you painting the vision for your internal team, you painting the right vision for your stakeholders in that kind of selling the idea process. What have you identified as some of the best practices and some of the key pitfalls when you tell that story? And we can probably finish on that note too. Yeah. So for me, and now you're going to get back into what's important to your customers. What's important are these business partners internally? Right. And for me, it's about anchoring on those areas that are extremely important. And as you're anchoring on those areas that are extremely important, it's always going to come into a couple different things. And the thing that I've seen to be more the most successful is outcomes. Right. We are analytics and data are fundamentally we're enablers. We enable people to do different things and understand different insights in order to drive a business. So what I've seen to work the best is saying, if I'm doing what I've been doing today, this is the value. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm valuing my work at X number of dollars. I'm just going to use some round numbers, a hundred thousand dollars. That's how much money we bring back to the company with the work in which we do. Right. We quantified it. What if I could use the same number of people and we bring you back a million dollars? What do you want? Right. I want to paint that it's a very simple picture. By doing this work, each time I do it, this is how much money we get. But if I do this other work, here's how much money we get. And I anchor it down into what's important. What's important. And now, again, this is where we're going to go to the beginning. Each one of your analytics organizations is going to have different KPIs. They're going to have these different, what we call North Stars. So again, in marketing, I'm going to say, I'm going to increase your ROI from one percentage to another. Because that's what's important to them, right? They're trying to drive revenue in a smart way, activations in a smart way, whatever that is in a smart way. Because my fraud team, I'm going to say, I'm going to help you catch more fraudsters. I'm going to help you stop how much money people steal from our company. And today I did it with, uh, so again, I'll just use around numbers with 10 people. We stopped $100,000 of fraud being uh, on our platform, but with 10 people, I can actually give you a million. Now, again, I'm using this 10x rule, but you frame it in what's going to be impactful. 
right? Because we're enabling our partners to do better at business. We're enabling our partners to be better at what they're hired to do. And you got to root it in something quantifiable, something tangible. Anyone who's ever worked with me, it's all about outcomes. I'm a very outcome focused person. What is the business outcome? What are we driving? If you can't tell me what we're driving, you can ask me to do a really big piece of work. If you can't tell me what we're driving, I don't think it's worth doing. So we can end in just rooted in what's important. It might be a little bit different for each one of your stakeholders, but at the end of the day, it's going to end up becoming, um, it's going to end up, it's going to end up becoming why they want you to make this change. 100%. And you're not like the 10 X example. It might be, you know, hyperbole for the purpose is of this, uh, uh, argument, but at the same time, even good storytelling practices, always people care about if they can at least double some sort of desired, uh, object, or they can put frustration or drudgery in at least half. And I always say that data analytics offers just a wonderful landscape to actually deliver on those because it's rare that you can actually deliver on those promises in data analytics. It's very, very possible, but you need to actually speak into that. So Dion, thank you very much for the conversation. We just went over the hour in this recording. Uh, I loved it. Very, very cool stuff. Thank you for sharing your playbook. And uh, this is definitely not the last time that we uh, see you on the on the platform. So we look forward to continuing our collaboration with you. Appreciate you having me again, Lazlo.